0: Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings, witches in training, and your mom's collection of tiny ceramic poodles.
1: I'm Alicia Herter. And I'm Tara Keck. On today's episode, alchemy, witches in the news, and a spell for rekindling your flame. Happy Valentine's Day, baby witches. We're going to get this one right. Checking in. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Great. Love that. <laughs> We're done. No, how are you doing? Great. It's actually a cause for celebration because Marcel and I got nominations for La Leyenda Negra for the Indie Spirit Award. Woo! Woo! I know. Who would have thought that a film I was talking about a year ago from now... It's still something I'm talking about a year ago in the future. <laughs>
0: There's a lot to talk about.
1: It's very good. It's very good. It's important. And people like it. They do. I like that. You can't argue with that. It's not like really Do you got anything?
0: I don't know. Here's the issue. You guys. Okay. Alicia and I do preliminary check-ins. Just like ease into all
1: this shit. It's like, sup. <laughs> and that's it. And then she's like, good, sup. What you? And I'm like. Here's my diary entry. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I felt this morning at 10.03 a.m. Take a picture, send.
0: <laughs> and then he said this to me, your honor.
1: <laughs> He's a liar. Perjury order in
0: the court. Yeah,
1: I mean, we check in. We do our own thing. Yeah, we do our own thing. It's so. a
0: lot funnier than this. Isn't <laughs> it? well um okay let's see is there anything going on weather oh it snowed it did snow a lot that was cool oh my god my dog got attacked at the dog park we talked about this a couple weeks ago my dog got attacked at the dog park by an Australian cattle dog is very upsetting
1: that sounds upsetting that sounds very scary actually more than even upsetting just terrifying and I'm like pretty consistently surprised
0: slash envious Of how my dog can come out of a situation like that and still be a lovable idiot goober that just is, like, ready
1: to play, like, moments after that. And that seems, like, insane to me. Dogs are pretty crazy creatures. The Westminster Kennel Club sent, like, an email to my inbox, and I was like, yo, dogs are crazy. (laughs) And people who love dogs, ooh, wild. Wild. Did you tell them that? No. Excuse- I just reply <laughs> to- back to their email blog. <laughs> 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 to, <laughs> <who they concern. laughs> to Mr. Doggo.
0: They're like, do you want to cancel your subscription? I'm like,
1: absolutely not. I want to go to the Westminster Dog Show. Just tell me when the tickets are. I don't need a whole virtual week of dogs. I want to see them in person. I want to breathe their kettle I breath. Do. I want to see what a champion looks like.
0: Do you think you could pick it like like when picking racehorses? Do you think you could pick predict who the champion would be? No, not for a
1: dog. You don't think so? No, no clue. What do you you look and you're like you're cute (laughs) and you're a good boy. (laughs) Are you a good girl? Oh my god, they're all so good. How do you choose? They're all good.
0: Well, the Westminster dog shows like about like these different. Categories, right? That they have to fulfill, Mm -hmm. and then it's like
1: you have to be like the best of your breed, and mm -hmm. then the best of that
0: category of that category. And then it's also it's like walking, it's like how their tail sits, like how what their postures like, postures like what their gums and their teeth look like,
1: their fur, their coat, Mm -hmm. everything,
0: like like their their favorite karaoke song, how Mm -hmm. they feel about world politics, Mm -hmm. how they carry themselves in that bikini.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: And it's also about like the. like some presentational weight of the owner or the shower.
1: Yeah. If it's a bad shower, it's not going to be a grower into championship. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I continued. I do not regret <laughs> continuing that sentence. <laughs> I didn't know where it was going.
0: <laughs> <sighs> oh, this is, oh man, the alchemy between us. Ooh, stronger than ever. T- turning that that sulfur into into liquid gold. <laughs> And may this podcast and this friendship last forever.
1: Amen. So let's talk about alchemy. Let's do it. Why not? Okay. Let's let's give the people what they want.
0: Okay. So um, going into alchemy, did you have any ideas about it? Where are you coming
1: at it from? I had just reread Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. So basically, I'm an expert. Did you read it for this podcast? absolutely not. (laughs) I read it for the joy of my own personhood. Do you have like hard copies? Hard copies? Like this? Like a yeah. book? This is Aww. the second one. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. Just old illustrations. This is not my original copy. Oh wow. And I have
1: all the, this, I, I'm holding up Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets that I was reading on the train and this one's in paperback but all of my other ones are hardback but since this was like the original one I got, mm-hmm. I just never wanted to get a hardcover one. So this is my only paperback
0: Do you get like mad nostalgia feels when you read it?
1: It's crazy. Yeah. And it's also like I forgot so much. Mm -hmm. Like I remember big plot points and everything, but like the little bits of it. And it's JK's a bad person, but she wrote really well. Not going to lie. It's a good read. Mm -hmm. It's very easy. It flows. Everything makes sense. Like everything's so strategically placed. Honestly, it's a masterpiece.
0: How old are you when you go back to reading that? How mm-hmm. old are you? 12?
1: No, younger. I think I started in 4th grade. Okay, so like pre-period. Nine. So like yeah. Mm-hmm. 8 or 9. I read it before I turned 11 because I knew. Oh yeah. To expect something when you <laughs> turned 11. And I didn't get that. But I got a podcast when I was 20. Seven, eight? I don't fucking know. I don't know how old we are anymore. No. Six? T- 26. Ooh, because so they- young. Ooh, did you hear that, you guys? 26. We were 26 at one point. Ooh, hot.
0: Oh, my God. I thought I was hot. so old. I was like, I'm an adult. I know everything. Oh, no,
1: I knew I was young. I was like, I'm basking in it. Really? It wasn't until like twenty, late 27 where I was like, I'm in my late 20s. It's <laughs> 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 not going well. Give me the breathalyzer. Please. Breathalyzer? What are they called? Give me the. You talking about this cake? No, I'm talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he's called. Breathalyzer's for a DUI. Yeah.
0: What's that called? Respiration Oxygen.
1: machine? Oxygen tank? These are the facts.
0: These are the facts. Alicia coming in. Here's my research. Here's my research.
1: <laughs> okay. More excited than all.
0: All right. <laughs> what is alchemy? What is this? Okay. Okay. So alchemy is basically science. Before science was science. Love that. So do you guys remember like doctors before there was germ theory and like anesthesiology when people thought that like hysteria and like humors were the cause of like all your weird feelings and shit? Before there was medicine, quote unquote medicine, there's quote unquote doctors and local healers. And eventually those both kind of coalesce into like the same profession. So before there was like chemistry and like earth sciences – Um, with all of its, like, scientific method and peer reviewing, there was alchemy.
1: Where you don't peer review.
0: You can't because everything is top secret Mm. and crazy codes. And I'm pretty sure they were recluses because you had to be because everything was blowing up all the time.
1: Mm, Yeah.
0: Couldn't get married because you'd blow up your wife. Couldn't have kids because you'd blow up your kids. That
1: would be a problem. I bet you could have a cat because cats have nine lives. Oh, yeah, they just keep coming back in the form of different cats. And you're like, whiskers? So I wanted to stop and say when talking about alchemy, you kind of also have to keep in mind how little science was actually known. Like, no one knew anything. No, and it was nothing was known.
0: The best time being a scientist, because you could fucking say anything. And people would be like, yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it was like all a mixture of religion and superstition and just your day to day life being impacted by the gods' whims whatever they wanted. And it's also, you have to think like there weren't answers for normal things. Like most women have a period where blood comes out of them for a few days every month, which still baffles me. And I still have hangups about because I don't like it. I have problems. I have problems. I got other shit to do. But imagine just being like, what the fuck is wrong with these women? <laughs> you know? You're like, what is happening? What is the answer to this? Why is this happening? She's like, I don't know. I don't know. Help. I don't know. And then you hear stuff like Jesus of Nazareth turned water into wine. Like, of course you're going to get crazy ideas. Anything is possible. And I think that's kind of the cool part because it is science before science before science. And it's just a bunch of people just fucking around mm-hmm. trying to like pursue knowledge. Yes. And instead, just blowing things up, and I think that's kind of beautiful. that's like a metaphor for life, I think in I think it is some yeah. way, yeah, it's like discovery, yeah,
0: for the sake of discovery,
1: and then you get blown up,
0: and then you get blown up, and then your ashes are scattered around the globe through the atmosphere, and you become a part of every I don't living think they knew atmosphere and
1: an animal, yeah, probably not so- <laughs> <laughs> probably not. So I wanted to touch upon a little bit of the beginnings of alchemy so we get some, a history lesson. Love it. So alchemy, for our sake, was a science.
0: <laughs> okay, sorry.
1: <laughs> I liked your laugh. That was being explored throughout all of the known world at that time. In Hellenistic Egypt, Alexandria was known as the center of alchemical knowledge. Zosimos of Panopolis wrote one of the oldest books on alchemy, the Meta. I don't speak Greek. There might be a better way of saying that, just as an asterisk, but I tried, which uses the Greek word for things made by hand. The Cairo dates back to the 4th century Common Era. Zosimos created one of the first definitions of alchemy, which was the composition of waters, movement, growth, embodying and disembodying, drawing the spirits from bodies and bonding the spirits within bodies. What the fuck does that
0: mean? I don't know.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) Was it a spell? Zosimos created his works by consolidating the information of others before him, including Mary the Jewess, which I did get a disclaimer Mm -hmm. that Jewess has been an offensive word back in the day, but modern Jewish women are trying to reclaim it. And since it is her name, we will say that as her name. So we have Mary the Jewess, Democritus, and Agathodaemon. <laughs> that's the, not that's
0: not Agamemnon.
1: I don't know how to fucking say that word. Agathod Agathodaemon. I think that's it. And Agathodamon. Yeah. So essentially those three people are how Zosimos created the definition of alchemy for that time. Fourth century common era.
0: It's a really fucking long time ago.
1: Exactly. After the fall of the Roman Empire, the focus of alchemical development shifted to the Islamic world. This is where the idea of turning one metal into a different metal originated. Jabir ibn Hayyan created many manuscripts and writings that have been compiled as the Jabirian corpus. These writings spoke to a range of topics including alchemy, cosmology, numerology, astrology, medicine, magic, mysticism, and philosophy. That's too much. It's uh, eight for one.
0: They're like, and... Reading and writing and arithmetic. And also that French class you didn't want to take.
1: Jabir also developed an elaborate numerology in which the root letters of a substance's name in Arabic, when treated with various transformations, held correspondences to the element's physical properties. So these are the base for many of the symbols that were used back then, including the ones with triangles that you always see everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which a Patreon member asked about and... Our Patreon member also asked why these were so popular with hipsters. And so to answer that question, I looked up hipster on UrbanDictionary.com, which defines hipsters as, hipsters are people that try too hard to be different and genuinely do think that they're being different by rejecting anything they deem to be too popular. Ironically, so many other people also try too hard to be different that they all wind up being the exact same. So hipsters aren't actually different at all. They're just people that are snobbier and more annoying about their taste in alternative things, which are all popular now thanks to the other hipsters. Ah, the, the ancient puzzle. I know. Of popularity and mainstream. Hipsters pride themselves on liking things that no one else likes and normally only really like them because they think no one else likes them. And that they're being unique.
0: I love Ted Cruz. (laughs) I'm the ultimate hipster.
1: This is being delusional because all the other hipsters also like the same things.
0: I hate Ted Cruz. I'm so sorry. I fucking hate him. He drives, I hate him.
1: So now we know why hipsters like to use alchemical triangles as tattoos. Because they think they're cute. aw, And unique. And hipsters are delusional. Oh. That's it.
0: And that's the whole thing because it's like all that stuff is like related to sacred geometry. And then you're like, you, you, you'll you go a couple Wikipedia page links away and then you go from sacred geometry to the Nazis. So you got to be really careful when you get these tattoos, y'all.
1: Exactly. In China specifically, alchemy was alive and well, but its purpose was mostly used for medicinal research and to find cures for various ailments. Chinese alchemy was closely connected to Taoist forms of traditional Chinese medicine, such as acupuncture and moxibustion, I believe is how you say it, which is a medical therapy that consists of burning dried mugwort on different parts of the body. The Chinese also had their own research on the grand elixir of immortality. It is said that the Chinese actually invented gunpowder while trying to find the potion for eternal life. That's the legend. That's the rumor. And instead they just found out how to blow people up.
0: Alchemists love that, though.
1: I found out how to win a war. (laughs) Yay! To defeat the Huns. Alchemy grew in popularity during the 12th and 13th centuries with scholars translating the older works. During the 14th century, alchemy became accessible outside of those who intimately could read and write Latin. This increased the number of charlatans, of course, selling you bullshit on how to cure your warts and turn your chicken eggs into gold which of course led to Henry IV of England to ban alchemy although you could still get a permit for it cuz you know if you can actually make more gold the king would want that yeah and that's the that's the basics of early early alchemy history mm-hmm.
0: which sounds like it basically crops up everywhere mm-hmm. and i think it's really interesting because i was reading up on Jabir and so he his work like really influenced Europe And that basically what he did is he took, like, all of Chinese alchemy, took some European alchemy, and then had his own Islamic alchemy, fucking mashed them together, and, like, made this whole system. And the Europeans were like,
1: that smells profitable. Mm -hmm. If there's greed, there's alchemy. Yeah. Boom. We would be so good at selling alchemy. We should go try to, like, teach it at schools. You think? Yeah. Let's, uh we got going to turn this into gold, baby. Oh, ow, ow.
0: OK, so we're going to cover the basic tenets of alchemy.
1: Love it. Um, of course, they're. Tell me how to do it. Are, is this where we learn how to do it? This is kind of.
0: Don't do any of this. Oh. None of you are allowed to do any of this.
1: OK. Do not. It's very dangerous. And then you only speak in code for the next, like, five minutes. (laughs) Like, the green lion eats the sun with the eye of
0: the raven's wind at her breast. Ooh, gorgeous. Poetry. It is. Alchemy is a lot like poetry. So alchemists, like all scientists today, are really just trying to figure out how the world works. What's all this stuff? How is it made? What's it made of? And then later, how can I use it for profit and power? Nice. So how did alchemists want to do this? With fire.
1: Yeah. Of course!
0: <laughs> so the works of Jabir really impact Europe's focus on transmutation, changing metals into other metals. As alchemists understood it, if everything was just compounds of more basic elements, then transmutation was just mimicking the natural process of Earth inside a laboratory. What did they think everything was made of? Tell me. The, the trima prima, the Ooh. three primes. So there's mercury, which represents spirit, Sulfur, which represents the soul, and then later salt, which represents the body. Okay. And their thinking is, if I can just get the perfect measurement of all these elements and heat them up, I'll be able to melt them down into the philosopher's stone. Boom, baby. Cash money. Yeah, that is, like, we are going to the king now. Oh well, Aw- Get my horses. <laughs> they have horses on standby at all times. <laughs> yes. So we're going to get to that in a minute. So these are the alchemical elements. There's the noble metals, which are gold, which represents the sun. Okay. Silver, which represents the moon. It's gorgeous. Then there's the base metals. So there's mercury, which represents mercury, which is Wait, where we the get the term. Or mercury, mercury,
1: like, in my thermometer.
0: So there's mercury in your thermometer. Uh-huh. That's the element. Got it. Then it also represents mercury, the planet. But Got mercury, it. also known as quicksilver, is what that element is named after.
1: I think we need to get like a board and start red stringing yes, everything yes, yes, yes. to figure out how to make the Philosopher's Stone. I think we're onto something. I, <laughs> I think it's here. She's I think like, it's, I don't need my fingers. Between me you and you, like, we could figure this out. We could cover up this murder. We could fucking,
0: we could blow up. <laughs> and then copper, which represents Venus, iron, which represents Mars, tin, which represents Jupiter, and then lead, which you've covered in the Saturn episode. Mm. So here's a problem. You guys, there's a problem. Okay. Elements, they're not compounds. Got it. They're composed of a single type of atom. Okay. You can't break them down. But why
1: would alchemists think you could do that? I really wish I were sitting in chemistry class right now, cheating off of the person next to me to give you an answer. I failed
0: failed chemistry twice. Had to go to summer school. That's crazy. It was so fucking hard.
1: It was hard. I think I got a D. It's not a good class. It's not a good science. We should get rid of it. Who needs it? We already know everything. Let the scientists do the science?
0: (laughs) I don't need to do it. (laughs) I'm 14. I just want a
1: boyfriend. Come
0: on. Okay. So why, why would the alchemists think that, they were, that these elements were compounds? Because miners would sell alchemists dirty, impure samples. It's
1: the miners' fault.
0: Sometimes on purpose, sometimes not. So the alchemists are like melting all this stuff, thinking that they're pure samples, and all of these other things are coming off of them. And they're being like, oh my God, it's working. Like, this is so fucking cool. But eventually, as you melt down and purify an element, you hit a wall because they don't break down any further. And eventually, if you're just like, "Oh, I just have to push it harder and melt it faster or slower or heat it up or
1: cool it down." That's when you blow up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know though, I'm like, "How would they know?" They have so many questions. It how would they know? The 1500s. Oh, man. They don't even have like bathrooms. No, they go they put they have a little pot. There's like a whole a pot. Oh. They bury it. Oof. It's like walking the Appalachian Trail. Ridiculous.
0: (laughs) You got to bring your little shovel and you got to walk far enough away from the trail, but not too far where the mountain lions are. Yeah. Okay. So the magnum opus of alchemy is the Philosopher's Stone. Give it to us. Who is this bitch? So alchemists can never agree on basically anything. Love that. But they do agree that the Philosopher's Stone is some kind of agent that once created can turn anything into gold.
1: Brilliant. Brilliant.
0: What does it look like? This is one of the things that no one can
1: agree on. I mean, you got to make it first to know what it looks like. Exactly. I'm
0: following. So some people are like, oh, it's a stone. Some people say, oh, it's a tree. Oh, it's a goo. Or it's some kind of goblet. Or it's a soup. And you drink it. Like, nobody has any idea what this thing is supposed to look like. They're like, it's red. It's green. It's pure light. It's invisible. (laughs) Like, okay. Thanks. Johan, whoever you fucking are. <laughs> but even though we have no idea what it looks like, there's a lot of ideas about how to make it. Ooh. So there's a lot of sort of contradicting texts, some decipherable, some indecipherable, but it's often described in a series of four stages of metallurgy. Number one, Negretto, which is the blackening.
1: Ooh, that sounds like a scary movie. Ooh, Negretto. The blackening. The blackening.
0: Ooh. Albedo. The whitening.
1: That also sounds like a scary movie. The whitening. <laughs> you, want, you want some saltines? Ooh. Ooh. I actually, like, I would kill for a saltine I right would really now. like one. I would love a saltine, actually. They nailed me. Citronitis,
0: the yellowing, and Robetto, the reddening. All right, number one, negretto is the putrefication of a sample. It's decomposition. Ooh. Everything in that little glass beaker at the end of your, like, Tom and Jerry-style chemistry set has to turn into a uniform, inky black. Albedo is the purification of a sample, washing away all the impurities that had risen to the surface from Negretto. Citrinitas, also called xanthosis. Xanthosis? I don't know. That's a word. It is. Xanax? Anyway, is the process of transmuting silver into gold. It's like that process of transmuting. It's not the gold itself. Mm-hmm. It's like the process of taking like that moon energy that's supposed to be silver and transmuting it into gold okay they call it the yellowing of the lunar consciousness the dawning of solar light
1: gorge
0: lots of poetry
1: i love that
0: and then rubeto known as the blood the phoenix the rose or the red robe figure this is the philosopher's stone
1: okay so in this they think it turns red
0: in the process it's supposed to turn red and some say the red substance is the agent Others say inside is the agent that you pull out.
1: Oh, Um, interesting.
0: And this whole idea is like, if I just get the right mixture and heat it at the right temperatures for the right amount of time in a sequence, I'm going to get this thing. And sometimes these alchemists would like, it would take days. It would take weeks. I would hope. You're making the
1: philosopher's stone. It should take a while. This This can't be easy. We would have done it already. (laughs) I would have done this last week. Come on. So something that
0: was really interesting to me is that Jungian psychology adopts a lot of like alchemical processes. So in Jungian psychology, Negretto is the confrontation of your inner shadow. Mm. Albedo is realizing the shadow's projections and awakening. So it's like I confront my shadow and then I realize where my shadow is projecting in the different parts of my life. If Albedo is the light and the moon. Citronitis is the light of the sun. It sort of transforms the darkness of the subconscious into something useful. So it's not a pushing away of darkness. It's like this darkness serves a purpose and it's here. How can I use it?
1: Okay. Utilizing the darkness.
0: Exactly. Because there's nothing wrong with darkness. No. It's just like you can't leave it in the corner and let it fester and get all hungry. It gets gets moldy.
1: It gets moldy. It's smelly.
0: Oily. Ooh. Ugh. And then rubedo is wholeness, the discovery and acceptance of one's true self. Okay, so here's the deal. Why did they want the philosopher's stone so bad? Money. Money. Well, yes. Riches, wealth. But it's also believed that creating the philosopher's stone will lead to the creation of the Auru, aurum, aurum? aurum mm-hmm. potabali, or the elixir of life. So oh, basically okay, okay. it's like philosopher's stone. Mm-hmm. You use that to like sunbeam, I don't know, something else, and that creates the elixir of life, which is often described as a drinkable gold.
1: Ooh. Uh would like, you drink gold? No. Well, there's edible gold. For sure. sure. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. There's gold that's actually just chocolate. Mm-hmm. I would drink that. I drink that. That's great. On a dare. Not even on a dare. Dare me. Do it.
0: Dare me. No. <laughs> There was a glint in your eye. <laughs> okay, so there's a lot of, so we, we've talked about this. There's a lot of uh, sort of mixy-matchy research about what all this stuff is supposed to be, look like, how you do it, when it was done, if it's been done, who's a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the question is, why don't we know more about all the cool shit that they made? Because they did make some cool shit. The quest for the Philosopher's Stone so that you could turn your grandma's costume jewelry into real gold is called Chrysopoeia and the people who undertook it are called Chrysopoeans, And they may not have made the philosophers stone, but they're fucking up to something. Mm. The problem is, is that we don't really know what most of them were doing because alchemists wrote everything in complicated, encoded allegories, illustrations, and stories with characters and events that are supposed to represent something, and there's no dictionary at the end no atlas like no explanation i like it the reason they did this is basically so that they could only divulge this information to somebody that they trusted most likely like their friends and their other alchemists but they didn't want like the general public or like rival alchemists to know anything that they were doing oh yeah rivals are bad an example is um you'll see a lot in alchemical illustrations a green lion eating a sun so the green lion represents the power of nature iron sulfate purifying matter and leaving behind gold which is the sun you also see like um like black crows and ravens that's meant to be like the um negretto um the dove is often albedo or white phoenix or white peacocks they also use these words called dechnamen, which sometimes meant that A word would mean tin in one text, and then a subsequent text, it would mean, like, silver. And then in a subsequent text, it would mean my brother Larry.
1: You got to mix it up so your enemies don't figure it out. Exactly.
0: And so it's like, you're supposed to have, like, these context clues between written works that would then clue you into what these meant based on what volume they're in
1: i like that just half the role of alchemy is just drawing crazy pictures with different colors and being like ha, 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 they'll never know my secrets did you ever make like a secret code
0: as a kid
1: no i wish i had though that sounds Aww. fun okay so you did tell us about it
0: no nothing i don't know i made one oh. <laughs> and i would pass it between oh i had a karopi friendship book
1: I don't know what that is.
0: you know how is? Mm-mm. Oh, my gosh. Cropey is like the little frog version of Hello Kitty. They're both part of Sanrio. Oh.
1: What's Sanrio?
0: Sanrio is like the Hello Kitty universe.
1: Oh. I don't know much about Hello Kitty. Oh, my God. You oh, would it's love Karopi.
0: His whole thing is friendship. Hold on.
1: Oh, that's cute. I do like that. Get ready to fucking
0: lose your mind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello. Look at him. I like your eyes and your little bow tie. Anyway,
0: there's if they had a friendship book that was like, these are all your things that you do with friends. And, the, and it was like you fill it out with your best friend, and then Aww. you could create a secret code. And so I did with like my friend Alex. Oh. I love that. Get out of here, Kuropie. Kroby's a fucking OG. Bye, Kuropie. Um. Do 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 do. So an example of um, one of these compounds that they'd made in the past that we have no context for is this thing called luna fixa which was a dense white metal that was not only corrosive resistant it also had a very high melting point while remaining extremely soft so is this a compound that we've already discovered later on or is it something completely new like we have no idea and there's no way that we'll ever know because it's made in some crazy medieval rebus
1: that is indecipherable there's a a known thing called Luna Fixa, but we don't know what it is.
0: We don't know what it is, besides it's supposed to be have these sort of properties, and but we don't know how they made it. We don't know its actual name. It's like people were like, uh maybe it could be platinum. Maybe I, it could be white gold.
1: I figured out my life's purpose. We're gonna figure it out. <laughs> Dun, dun. The fire in her eyes. <laughs> with you fucking failing chemistry and me getting a D, and this is what I want to do
0: with my life. Well, the second you tell Alicia no, that becomes her life purpose. It really
1: does. It's a bad habit. So, um,
0: like I said, they did figure out some really cool stuff, and they were all of these really like interesting, weird people mm-hmm. that because you have to be kind of unique. To decide to become an alchemist because not only is it dangerous, it's also considered like pretty low class, but you're also dealing with noblemen because noblemen want money money and they have the money to fund all of your chemistry shit. Mm. So Alicia, tell me who's who's the who? Who's the who?
1: Alchemy style.
0: How alchemy alchemist in the news.
1: Alchemist in the news. Well, no. Mostly dead. One's al- one's alive. Still? Knock on wood, yeah. One of the ones we'll talk about still alive. I only chose three. (laughs) So who I wanted to know about was Nicholas Flamel. Nicholas Flamel was one of the best documented in the history of medieval alchemy, although his career as an alchemist is a label that was assigned to him after death. So he never considered himself to be an alchemist when he was alive. He said he's an artist. Oh, probably, yes, with the beautiful drawings and everything. Mm -hmm. Actually, you need to see a picture of him because he has um, the face of an artist.
0: Am I about to be offended? Does Uh. he look pensive?
1: Feast your eyes. (laughs) 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 It's Kropi. (laughs) Kropi, no. What
0: happened to you? He lived such a hard life
1: oh pete i think he's cute did you just call him pete (laughs) who's pete
0: our pete
1: okay pete (laughs) oh he's so he's so he looks kind of toad like in this picture but i'm sure he was nice
0: the distance here's the deal this is not a knock on anyone ever all bodies are beautiful the distance between his nose and his bottom lip, very petite for the size of mustache he has. It's <laughs> like how
1: how he has to attract a mate. <laughs> <He
0: does. laughs> oh my goodness, little Nicholas Flamel,
1: <laughs> little Nicky. I don't think he had teeth. Uh, I don't think a lot of people had teeth back then, so I don't think that's on him. So apparently. Here's the catch with Nicky Flamel. There's actually no real 100% totally based in fact accounts of Nicholas Flamel actually being an alchemist. So wait, I'm so confused now, though. He just like he was a French scribe. He wrote shit down. There was a book published many years in the future that said he wrote this. But no one actually knows if he wrote that book. They're just guessing. Mm -hmm. So this book was called The Exposition of the Hieroglyphical Figures. And they were just like, it's attributed to Flamel's work, his findings. What findings? That's what Flamel thinks. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, why they got pictures of me? I was just a dude. (laughs) I I just like to write. So the book describes how Flamel succeeded in the two goals of alchemy that he had to create a way to turn base metals into gold and that he and his wife, Parnell achieved immortality by creating the elixir of life. So legend has it that Flamel had made it his life's work to understand the text of a mysterious 21-page book he had purchased. Oh, big, sp- okay. That's a chapter book, isn't that's, it? it? It's a cha- I mean, that was big for back then. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know, it's the ABCs, but this it's still a book. They had to handwrite it back then. That's exactly. true. On his way back from a trip to Spain, Flamel allegedly met a sage who identified the book as being a copy of the original Book of Abrahamelin the Mage. That was what the book was called. With this knowledge, over the next few years, Flamel and Perenelle decoded enough of the book to successfully replicate its recipe for the Philosopher's Stone, producing first silver in 1382 and then gold. So legend has it, he's still alive. I mean, until Voldemort, but you know.
0: Yeah, okay, hold on go back to this picture.
1: He's going to look older than that or he might look the same.
0: Yeah, cuz it's like know? do you do you remain the same? Uh, yeah. Are you a skeleton? Maybe. Or do you get young because it's like if it's the elixir of life and the reason people get old is cuz the cells in their body die faster than they can be rejuvenated.
1: I'm following. I'm following. I don't have an is, answer.
0: He. Hold on. Let's use facial reconstruction technology. I'm going to blur all of his wrinkles.
1: I thought you were going to like reverse image search and see if anyone popped up. <laughs> I'm like, Hugh Jackman? He's got the nose. I don't know. I feel like at this point, he's probably like, you guys, the world is a crazy. Paranel and I, we're just going to hang out in our cute little cottage. Oh, yeah. We're going to garden every day, wave at the neighbors. Don't speak to them. Don't talk to them. Because I don't know how, what the words they're using anymore. And then just chilling. S-
0: I speak ancient Germanic languages. <laughs> you will not know what I'm saying. There is also George Ripley, who was a 15th century alchemist from England, on his Wikipedia page, said most famous, which is hard to believe because oh. there's not that much information on him. Okay.
1: Um, I like that kind of, like, ballsiness though, in a man. (sighs) I am the most famous person alive. I'm the most famous Tara. Oh. Fuck you, Tara Lipinski. I don't know who that bitch is, so you're right.
0: No one does. I
1: don't know another Tara.
0: Georgie, he's known for his ridiculously long and beautifully illustrated alchemic recipes that exist as a series of scrolls that are actually so long, you can't read them all at once. Oh, that makes sense. Many people describe them as... Simply decorative. (laughs) They're on the wall. (laughs) (laughs) This text is called The Compound of Alchemy, or the Twelve Gates Leading to the Discovery of the Philosopher's Stone. Bum, bum. Not many words on this scroll. It's actually entirely pictures. Good for him. So it shows how magic, which deals with the supernatural powers, alchemy, which deals with physical processes, and astrology, which is, of course, our big, bright celestial buddies in the sky, are all seen in relationship to their subject matter, human beings. So it's like, how do all these things come together and affect me and fuck up my life? Mm. It also has illustrations that reference the seven seals, which was a prophetic vision of the end of the world spoken about in Revelations.
1: Okay, you've got my attention.
0: And it's chock full of like all those good like alchemical symbols. Like you're talking about the green lion. You're talking about a snake lady.
1: Wasn't there like Climb a unicorn a pole, or something? Unicorns I don't know, or horses, something.
0: It's like an extremely long, beautiful illustration that's meant to be read as a recipe. So it's a very good example.
1: Maybe it's the side-along companion to the Bible.
0: If you read it, if that's you why
1: it's so big.
0: If you line them up, if you take two projectors,
1: <laughs> you line them up. It's a full story. Does, yes. <laughs> I get it now. And then our last boy, our last man we're going to talk about is Lawrence. Principe, Good old Larry. Good old Larry. Lori. We'll call him Lori. Back in 2014, Smithsonian Magazine published an article about Lawrence Principe, a chemist and science historian at John Hopkins University. So this man is alive. Lori was experimenting with 17th century alchemical practices to reconstruct a recipe to grow a philosopher's tree from a seed of gold. So it was believed that you needed to create a philosopher's tree to eventually create the philosopher's stone, which, of course, transmutes metals into gold. We've said it a million times. If you leave the podcast today and you don't know that, we failed. Lawrence believed that this practice of making gold into more gold is entirely possible and likened it to how you can use germs of wheat to create a field of wheat. So it's like, okay, that tracks, that tracks. According to the article, Lawrence mixed a specially prepared mercury and gold into a buttery lump at the bottom of a flask. What? That was their words, not mine. Buttery. Buttery. Salty. Then he buried the sealed flask in a heated sand bath in his laboratory. One morning, Lawrence came into the lab to discover to his utter disbelief, is what the article said, that the flask was filled with a glittering and fully formed tree of gold the mixture of metals had grown upward into a structure resembling coral or the branching canopy of a tree minus the leaves. That's so
0: interesting.
1: Lawrence, of course, wasn't trying to make a philosopher's stone, but this experiment proved that turning gold into more gold is actually completely possible if the conditions allow. Is that that, what that picture is of? Mm -hmm. I don't know if that one's gold. That's so interesting. Because they did it with, like, silver and stuff, too. But, yeah, it just creates branches and stuff. Oh, you guys, this is crazy. It is crazy. science. So here are the achievements of the science before science before science of just fucking around with alchemy. Alchemy is credited with the development of chemistry as a science. They did it. They did it. These findings helped create the periodic table. With elements. Them elements. And compounds. Them compounds. We also had scientific methodology, in particular, documenting and verifying experiments. Doesn't mean they did it well. I see the look in your eye. <laughs> they, did, they did do it. But they did do it, which started the practice of doing it, mm-hmm. which that was kind of a big deal. Yeah. You would think, whatever, of course they wrote it down. No, actually, <laughs> people didn't just write things down. Mary the Jewess is credited with finding the bath of Maria, which is a kerotacus, which heats alchemic matter and collects the vapor. So it is this double vessel airtight container with a sheet of copper upon its upper side that heats substances without scorching them. The tribicus, these are all chemistry terms, you guys. Oh my goodness. I am trying my best. So the tribicus is a distilling apparatus with three arms to create substances purified by distillation, and the bain-marie... Which is that pot inside a pot where you put water in the bottom and melt your fondue chocolate in the oh, top pot? Oh, double boiler. Mm-hmm. Also credited to Mary the Jewess. Thanks, Mayor. Thanks, Mayor. The alchemist Paracelsus helped transform medicine by proposing that disease was caused not by an imbalance of bodily humors, but by distinct harmful entities that could be treated with chemicals. Which, I mean, he believed the entities were controlled by the planets, but. You know, we're getting away from humors. Yeah,
0: humors, and you got too much blood. You, you got too much blood. Get that blood out of you.
1: So that was the transition away from that being like, no, I think there's things in the air that affect us. And it's the gods. I think if you eat the poopy, you will have a bad time. Mm. Hmm. Science. John Baptiste Van Helmont, who was a mentee of Paracelsus, introduced the word gas into the science vocabulary. Holy shit. I know. Something we deal with every night. Constantly. Constantly. So little, so gassy. The alchemist Johann Botger, working for the Dresden court, stumbled on a material that allowed German workshops to make their own porcelain, and that broke China's monopoly on one of the world's most lucrative industries back in the day. Holy shit, they fucking shit out. They were like, we got it! We We did did it! (laughs) And then finally, a German alchemist named Hinnig Brand isolated phosphorus in 1669. So he identified phosphorus from urine. Really? Boom. He was like, why is it yellow? Boom, phosphorus.
0: That is literally like the epitome of just alchemy. Like, a- like asking questions. What is this shit made of? Why is my pea yellow?
1: I'm going to find out. Alchemy. Brilliant. Okay, so do, 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 do. Alchemy now. Where is she at? What's she doing what's she wearing what is she
0: wearing what what who are you wearing Ooh, who are you wearing so there is the International Alchemy guild mm. the International Alchemy Guild is a real life club that you can join online that holds events oh hosts podcasts okay rivals and then <laughs> you know we gotta
1: we got out of here hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm drawing you a picture <laughs> <laughs> sounds like Durder. Oh.
0: Oh, oh. Oh gosh. Um, and then there's fees. <laughs> herder? Herder? Blurder. Why are you saying my name? Gerder. Gerder? Gerder. You sure it's not herder? Um, and the fees for membership are completely donation based. Oh, I
1: love that. That's for the kind of cool. For the people. I'm
0: about this. Yes. I haven't looked into any of these people on the board of directors, but some of them look kind of fun. Ooh. Some of them look <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Update your photos. Um, and it sounds like they've been pretty like pandemic responsive, canceling all of their in-person events, and pretty early on address like the coronavirus restrictions. They like put out like sort of this yearly newsletter from their president, Ooh. and then they did a second one in March. They also have an art store where they like sell masks and linens and like all very cute like little things. Um, their mission statement basically says that they're here to support their members in practical and spiritual transformation. When they say spiritual. They mean hermitism, which is a philosophical slash religious system based on the teachings, quote, teachings, of a legendary figure called Hermes Trismegistus.
1: Hermes.
0: Trismegistus. Which is a combination of Hermes and the Egyptian god Thoth. Okay. And it looks like they're just like a fun meetup group. Cool. And And they do things, and they hang out together. Love that. There's also... This really interesting, we kind of hit on this before with Jungian psychology, of an intersection of alchemy and self-help. There are many alchemical texts that speak about the body as an alchemical process already that takes, like, matter into it and transmutes it. In your body. In your body, swirling around, gassing you up, Mm -hmm. turning it into energy, and then um, the other stuff that comes out. yes. The toilet
1: times. I've heard of that.
0: Heard of it. Never done it. Rumor has it. Reddit says. (laughs) Some people. (laughs) But alchemists view illnesses as alchemical reactions gone wrong. So one could view any number of things like that. So human interactions, psychological triggers, exercise,
1: anything could be. So wait, exercise is humans gone wrong? No. Oh, alchemical reactions gone wrong.
0: (laughs) Humans gone wild. (laughs) No, that that they could be uh, chemical reactions. Mm -hmm. Viewing this thing as like a chemical reaction that begets another thing. I see. Um, And then we had a couple leftover patron questions. So um, one of our patrons asked about spirits in a bottle. And as far as I could tell, it's a reference to mercury, which is the element that represents spirit. Because mercury, also called quicksilver, is like once a solid then turned to liquid. Mm -hmm. It has like such a such a um like basically room temperature melting point that um it's often attributed to like an experience of both life and death at the same time. Oh, okay. And then spag spagrix. Spag? Sp- Spagyrix? Spagyrix. Spagyrix? We have a patron that wanted to know about this, this plant, word. This plant thing. So basically it seems to me that it's alchemy for plants and we decided that this episode was already so very long (laughs) that we would dedicate our very own False of the Obscure episode to it. So you get a whole episode just for you, baby. And we'll learn how to say it correctly there. We're gonna do
1: it. We'll figure it out. We might not say it right. We're gonna say it pretty wrong. We're gonna say it how we want to say it. Spaggy Ricks. You know those That is how I want to say it. (laughs) 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 Boom. But anyway,
0: um, that is alchemy the basics there's a whole thing about elements like elements as in like earth wind fire the other one water
1: i saw something like dampness moistness dryness
0: yep and they like invented like all of these beakers and shit like you were talking a little bit about the chemistry
1: like Mm -hmm. thing like people didn't fucking do that no that wasn't a thing it was not a thing they're the scientists before scientists before scientists how fucking punk so cool but after gods
0: but after gods
1: Gods first. Then these people.
0: It's like Gods alchemists. Plague? Less alchemists. <laughs> Rat
1: alchemists? <laughs> Rats <laughs> with little tiny glasses. Bunch of question marks. Profit. <laughs> Here we are.
0: Any anything else? You got any other thoughts, feelings?
1: I definitely want to check out the face mask of the alchemy group, the International Alchemy Guild. That's my last thought and feeling. Nice. Thank you.
0: Moving on to red leather, yellow leather, red leather.
1: Which is in the news. It's here. It is here. Our favorite show. Thank you. Boom, boom. One and only. First, we want to talk about The Dior Tarot Fashion Show. How cool. And I would like to thank Richard. I'm not stealing his post, but he posted this. I I mean, Richard, I'm stealing your post, but I'm giving (laughs) you credit. (laughs) You're in the cliff notes. But he posted this on the Witch Yes Facebook Coven group. And so sometimes if you're on the social media, you'll hear about things first. Boom. There you go. Thank you, Richard. Fashion designer brand Dior released their 2021 spring collection in a short 15-minute film titled Le Chateau du Tarot. That's my best guess at French. Very sexy. Thank you. In the short film, a woman and young client, both wearing classic Dior looks, were looking at a tarot card spread that's in front of them. When the young client turns over one of the tarot cards, the spring 2021 collection is introduced in a series of dresses in a celestial tarot aesthetic. I mean
0: my aesthetic?
1: Hell yes, witchy aesthetic. It's a magical journey that our young client goes through, seeing many beautiful and out-of-our-price-range designer gowns. (laughs) This lean into tarot isn't a new thing for Dior, which I thought was really interesting. Maria Grazia Giori is the Italian fashion designer behind the new collection and also the first female creative director at Dior. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, so since... 2017, Maria has been adding a little spice of tarot symbolism into the fashion at Dior. Maria told The Guardian that there is one school of thought that says tarot cards are about the future, but the point of view that fascinates me says that they just help you learn about yourself. By asking the right questions. Exactly. And showing you the right boobies. Exactly. Or the right, you know, sticks. Or coins or wands. Nope, those are the sticks. Or... Swords. Swords. And cups cups lots of cups apparently christian dior himself was also a fan of tarot and the occult dior had discovered tarot in world war ii when his sister catherine who was part of the french resistance just disappeared dior also believed highly in divination and regularly consulted with his clairvoyant towards the end of his life
0: oh that's so interesting also catherine what a badass what a badass
1: She. I don't know if she ever came back, though. Probably not. No, but being in, like, anything that's labeled resistance, like, that's cool. Yeah. Even if you're, like, on the wrong side, it's like, that's so cool. <laughs> I get you. I get you. Next story is Church of Satan's Halloween house gutted by arsonist. Oh, no. So this was a story in the New York Times. On January 14th, a masked arsonist carrying... Two gasoline cans arrived in the witchcraft district of Poughkeepsie in New York and doused the front entrance of 27 South Clinton Street before lighting it on fire. The house was a gothic-looking residence that looked very Adams Family-esque. The homeowner, Matthew Camp, and his roommate were inside the house as it went up in flames, and they were both able to escape unharmed. However, the house itself was burned to a charred shell. To Church of Satan members in this area, this house was a local landmark with names such as Halloween House, the House of Netherworld, and the Witch House. Before it burned down, the inside of the house was called Decrepit Luxury. That's Full, my sense, Right? Isn't that nice? I feel like creative director Mallory Porter would love it. Full of Victorian furniture and kitschy decor. There was also a red ballroom, candelabras, a rotating chandelier, and Elvira pinball machine because, of course... And respectable tiki cup collection. Their word respectable, not mine, but it must have been divine, you know? (laughs) The house was also decorated with figurines of satanic witches and of the actor Vincent Price, because why not? One room in the house was lined with pop culture renderings of Satan, and there was a hearse that lived in the driveway near the garage labeled Devil's Garage. It was a favorite of trick-or-treaters in the area. Oh. Matthew Camp says that he does not know who would have wanted to burn down the house and endanger his life. He left open the possibility that someone had misconstrued the house for, as a place for devil worship, as would happen when, I guess, you're called the Church of Satan. Police also did not know a motive and are still trying to identify the arsonist. We're going to find him. We're going to find him. That's our new thing. That is also our other new thing. We've got a lot of goals.
0: 2021
1: is going to be a year. It's
0: it's our, it's our sound return.
1: Boom. Let's do it. As for the Church of Satan, they have responded with a threat to Hex the arsonist. I think that's fair. It was like their favorite house in Poughkeepsie. Poughkeepsie? I don't know if they got a lot going on. I don't think they do. So, and you took this really nice thing from them? And I'm also like, the attempted coup on the Capitol
0: happened a week ago when this happened. Mm. And this is what you decide you want to do?
1: What? And our last story is Indian woman gets Padme Shri for saving women branded as witches. Chutney Mato, 62 years old, has received the Padme Shri, which is India's fourth highest award in recognition for her work. Chutney has rescued over 100 people accused of being witches in India. Holy shit, that's a lot. It is a lot. That's a girl. Chutney began her work helping other women after she had survived a murder and rape attempt 25 years ago when villagers had accused her of being a witch. When accepting the award, Chutney said congratulations to all for it would not have been possible for me alone to save and rescue 125 people, mostly women, from getting killed on charges of witchcraft and partially rehabilitate them to live normal lives. I never even dreamt of getting such an honor in my life as only celebrities and film stars used to get such an award. Oh, she deserves it. Chutney, you are up there, girl. The work, of course, is not yet done. According to the National Crime Records Bureau data, 575 women have been lynched after being branded witches in Jharkhand, India, between 2001 and 2019, which is primarily where Chutney was doing her work. Oh, my God. Yeah. So we just want to say congratulations, Chutney. I know you don't know our podcast. You have no idea who we are. (laughs) You don't know who our listeners are, but we know who you are. But we know who you are. And you're a hero. And you are a hero. And also to... Like, I just think those stories have incredible. Like, something awful and traumatic almost happened to me, but I'm going to make it so that it doesn't happen to other people. Mm-hmm. That's great. Oh. I know. The cheer jerker of Witches in oh the my News. God. I know.
0: That's a soggy bottom. That's <laughs> a soggy bottom right there
1: <laughs> on that sandwich. And with that, we are going to transition to the spell. The spell. And this is a spell to rekindle the flame. My flame? Your flame, baby. Oh, thank God my God. Well, pilot the flame. Light. The flame between you and your partner. Oh, so not the flame that exists inside me that keeps me going every morning. No, that's out. It's the flame between ah. the fire that exists. The, the fire in the groins. You know, that thing. Oh. The flame. Oh, the oh, flame. That flame. The flame. I've been to the doctor about that flame. Woo. And here are your materials you need two candles, red or white. Roses, a pen and paper. So, okay, ground and center, baby witches, ground and center. Create a small circle of roses or rose petals around your candles. Write out the name of your partner and your name. Oh, you're going to draw a heart around it because this is a cute Valentine's Day spell and we are going for it.
0: I like this.
1: Focus on the bond you and your partner have and say, our flame was bright, but now it's dim. I truly love and miss them. I light this candle. This is when you fucking light the candle, you guys. (laughs) Flame renew, brighter than ever, always and forever. Adorbs. Mm. So cute. Let the candles burn all the way down and place the remains of the candles in a jar and keep them in the bedroom. So, you know, you can oinky doinky later. (sighs) Looking at your candles. Ow, ow. And I want to thank Black Moon Coven for this spell. Thank you. Thank you. The big BMC. Just lighting it up, baby. Explosion. (laughs) Another explosion. Alchemy. I would like to thank our producer, Marcel Perez, our creative director, Mallory Porter, and Kevin McCloud for letting us use the music in the intro and outro each week. Thanks, Kevin. If you want to find me on Instagram, I'm Alicia. You can find me at Herder. And if you want to find Miss Tara. I'm Tara. This is the one. It's my voice. Oh yeah. She gets kinda, you know, kinda shady when people can't tell us apart. I don't like it. We sound different. It's I... not that I
0: don't want to sound like you. I just want credit for my very good jokes. All the all the jokes, all the
1: credits, I'll take. Whatever. Everything. It's fine. It's fine.
0: If you want to find me, you can find me at her lovely face. That's my art Instagram. Or you can find me at underscore little moss, that's my Finsta. I generally just see if you're following Witchess or Alicia you're not doing either of those things, you're not coming into the palace. Nope. There's a moat. There is a moat. And there's alligators in there. And they're hungry. And there
1: is a little dog in there who's getting a very
0: big bark lately.
1: Oh, okay. You can find the podcast on Instagram at Witch Yes. If Facebook is more of your jam, we have Witch Yes the Facebook coven. You can join that. You got to answer our troll toll questions and you get in. They're very easy questions. Like, it's not that bad. But when you don't answer them, we judge you. And you don't get in. And you don't get in. We mean it. We mean it. If you ever have any questions for us, you can always email us at witchyespodcast at gmail.com. And I think we have a glorious Patreon. Is that correct? It absolutely is. And if you have questions about our next
0: episode, Patreon witches get to know what our next episode is about, and they get to ask us questions. And it's been great so far, I hope.
1: Yeah. So, it's
0: made us research things
1: we probably wouldn't have.
0: If you want access to the Patreon, which is at the $5 level, are getting two extra episodes a month of our series, Vaults of the Obscure. And we cover weird shit. We also have a secret podcast called Pillow Talk. Yeah. I'm not yes, good at ad to this. We yes, at we the five, do. At the $10 level, get access to our Witches Close Friends list. Um, and they're also getting New Moon tarot readings
1: every Ooh, month. Ooh. that's pretty fucking cool. La. I love that. Yeah, I mean, if you want to be, like, a little enticed by the Patreon, our last episode was about snakes and their magical uses, and our next episode is going to be a more in-depth look at the Hope Diamond. People, you guys, witches, people are dead. People died. More
0: than the mummies. It's pretty crazy. And anything else?
1: This has been Witch Yes! Alchemist jokes. Maybe there's one, an easy one on Google.
0: Well, more like, um, because it's too, so it's like who it's for. Yeah. Casual conjuring, Mm. switches in training, and the
1: alchemist. I don't get that joke. Really? (laughs) No, a joke I'm looking at right now. I was like, it's what's the difference between a chemist and an alchemist? Aluminum. What? How far above me is this joke that I do not get it? Do, wait. Is, al- is aluminum not? Aluminum? In alchemy? I don't know. Aluminum? Aluminum.
0: No alchemist would ever consider using aluminum in serious laboratory work.
1: No alchemist or no chemist? No alchemist. Okay, this joke may contain profanity. That's my... Nope, too long. It says a man and his penis. That's not a funny joke.
0: Cooking with, cooking in aluminum pans has been linked to Alzheimer's. So and aluminum the... Aluminum creates, creates poisonous compounds.
1: The alchemy of Martha Stewart.
0: The alchemy of Dolly Parton.
1: It's the perfect mixture.
0: The alchemy... of uh, the Pillsbury Doughboy, the alchemist that invented the Pillsbury Doughboy, and is afraid of him.
1: That's terrifying.
0: Because he did escape
1: immediately.
0: No one knows
1: where he is, and he's releasing. He's, still, he's on the street.
0: He's releasing these <gasps> style videos that they sell as commercials.
1: <laughs> where did you go? <laughs> I don't know. We could say. On the radio. we don't think we can <laughs> oh, I think that's the one word that's the one word um the alchemy of this podcast the alchemy of
0: the alchemist that is the funny between you and I no <laughs> joke joke
1: you didn't even let it breathe before shutting it down sorry i
0: know but i didn't want it to breathe i suffocated it okay just killed it much like they should have done with that pillsbury no boy yeah whatever that'll be a callback someday
1: doesn't have to we don't have to do that one the pillsbury or the alchemist the alchemist one we'll have like a brilliant idea in the future Mm -hmm. like we always do